Hey there, welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. Oh, I thought Ronnie was going next. <laughs> I'm Evan, I'm back. Evan's back. I, Evan's, Evan's back. back. I wanted Evan to go first so everyone could know this is a podcast they should continue listening to. Oh, Instead yeah. of just one of those terrible ones with just me and Andy. Yeah, no, because I'm the best. Get in there quick, let them know it's going to be a good one. And Ronald, this is, did uh, you say your name? No, I have not. This is Ronnie. I'm there here too. I thought because we've been covering The River, which is essentially a TV show about work. It's a very extreme job. Sure. We'd talk about the weirdest coworker or the craziest coworker we've had to start off. Mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go kind of uh, just quirky and uncomfortable, weird, rather than a low key Nazi sympathizer. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I'm starting a new job on Monday, which is awesome, which is why I wasn't here uh, last week. I had a ton of, ton of stuff to do. My weirdest co-worker was Craig. Craig's a conspiracy theorist. Um, this is Craig, very fresh for you. This is, this is, this is recent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, well, I mean, it, there's not one specific incident with Craig, but he will always uh, try to talk to you about, like, chemtrails and stuff. Crop circles. And, uh, yeah, like, I'm pretty sure he's a 9-11 truther, you know, and, (laughs) like, all that kind of stuff. He's just, like, deeply, deeply paranoid and is constantly remarking on how, like, the government's listening to us or whatever. Sure. Does he believe, like, Alex Jones, that we're turning all the frogs gay? Uh, no, I I don't think he's, um... He's he's not insane. Okay. Um... Which Alex Jones very clearly is, but he's a little weird. He's very peculiar. He really latches on to uh, whatever he considers to be subversive information. What about you, Ronald? So mine's not so recent. Um, back, uh, Back in the day, my first job was at Chuck E. Cheese's. Damn, I did not know you ever worked for Chuck E. Cheese's. Chuck Entertainment Cheese's. Did you know that? The E stands for entertainment? I did, I did I not. That. I didn't know that either. I did not know Chuck E. Cheese's I'm... middle name was entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> my my knowledge has been enriched today. Are you going to dish it... on the rat? Is this about Chucky? No, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My coworker, Chuck. Um, <laughs> so I was getting into the cheese, you know? As you could imagine. There was quite an eclectic bunch that worked at Chuck E. Cheese. Um, a couple of conspiracy theorists, a couple of, of crazies, a couple of weirdos. But there was one gentleman who just really enjoyed illicit substances. Um, like one does. Yeah. As, as you do. As you do from time to time. But you generally don't bring those illicit substances to Chuck E. Cheese. Um, I think you do, Ronald. I think you really uh, you misjudged. You might have been in the minority. Though. Yeah, you really might have possibly. misjudged very uh, the employees was, at Chuck E. Cheese. Sure. I, I was also a, a very wet behind the ears 16-year-old who, who yeah. had no oh. part of any illicit substances. Oh, sweet but summer child. You, yes. You also, I would think, wouldn't want to sell said illicit substances while you're in uniform at Chuck E. Cheese. You also would not want to do that in front of an undercover, or not even undercover, just a police officer there who was there with his daughter. Um, you wouldn't want to do it in front of them. Uh, that person was fired very quickly and arrested. Very, I mean, probably arrested yeah. and then fired. Um, but it was a great story that we all sat around the kitchen and telling. My 
my most interesting coworker um, was when I worked at Beth Air's Market, which was a ma and pa grocery store uh, way back home. And this girl was, she also just kind of like did illicit substances in the freezer. And um, she definitely, definitely masturbated in the fruit aisle. And then uh, we we all just disliked her. She was not a good coworker. She then went to the CVS next door on her break. And she comes back from break, very sweaty. And she's like, listen, Andy, you got to cover for me. I was like, cover for you with what? And she's like, I got, I got arrested shoplifting from CVS. What the fuck? And, um, I'm, I'm like going to jail right now. Can you just tell, you just tell the managers that I was, that I was sick and had to go home. And I'm like, uh, sure. So like, she then just ran out of the store and like got jacked up against the cop car and like handcuffed and got driven off. And when my manager came over to me and said, Hey, where's what's her name i'm like oh uh like i don't want to be a narc but that girl's awful she got arrested (laughs) and even if i hadn't have said that cvs then came over and was like yeah your co-worker in uniform uh got arrested for trying to rob us as as far as i know it wasn't like shoplifting like she tried to like legit like like hold the place up yeah while in her beth hair's market uniform when she worked right next door like yeah yeah she wasn't a smart cookie so i i might have missed something here did the did she say like wait no i've got to go tell my boss i'm getting arrested and the cops were like okay make it quick (laughs) i think so (laughs) look this was this was huntington valley it's not like the cops have a lot of other exciting stuff to do no boy we all we've had some jobs huh yeah nothing like getting trapped on the boy you know but no or uh, trapped with the boyuna in you spoilers also i just want to take this moment to say that uh the crocodile hunter is coming back with his two kids and his wife well i and, mean he's not he's dead well yeah but... he, he's dead but the show is coming back with uh his wife and two kids and i kind of feel like we had a hand in that i kind of feel re- like our podcast brought excitement Sure. And the undiscovered country starring Emmett Cole and his family that we kind of sparked interest again in the Crocodile Hunter. So then, if this goes full circle, then the entire family becomes popular again, and then something mysterious happens again, and then ABC is like, "Yo, we can capitalize on this tragedy." River with, two, with <laughs> the River season two. <laughs> Ten years later, I don't know. We're doing the Lord's work here, guys. Uh, we had gotten some feedback. That people are, are losing track of who is who, even when we say our uh, the names of the characters. Gotcha. Um, and so in the future, we're going to do like pre-recorded bits to kind of keep people filled in on what the basic overarching plot is and who the characters are. But I figure real quick uh, for the final episode of The River, we could just go through, Evan, if you want to start off your synopsis with that of just like what is The River, who's on The River. Okay. Uh, the the river is a found footage style television show documenting the 
family and a film crew and some associates of nature documentarian Emmett Cole, who is missing on the Amazon somewhere, and this crew of people is going deeper and deeper into the Amazon rainforest trying to find him. Uh, the primary cast consists of Emmett Cole's son, Lincoln, uh, his wife, Tess, the producer and sometimes camera guy, Clark. Clark. I was going to say Kurt. Clark is the producer. Kurt is the German guy with the guns, the security guy. There is AJ, the cameraman. There is Lena, the daughter of one of Emmett Cole's cameramen. Also the chosen one. Yeah, also, you know, the chosen one. There's Hael. She and her father are mechanics. Her father's name is Emilio. And Hael also is the, I don't know if she's an oracle or a A A mystic of some kind. Yes, she's the the resident medium or the resident mystic or what have you. They've recently picked up Jonas, who was one of the cameramen on Emmett Cole's crew that he took on his secret mission into the Amazon. And they picked up Rabbit at the start of this episode, who was... yes. Emmett Cole's other camera operator, and she also abandoned him to die. Sure. I think that's a great place to jump right into what's going on with episode seven of The River. Uh, so episode seven is the zombie episode, and then episode eight is the demon possession episode. And they can be summed up pretty comprehensively by those titles. Episode seven, the crew hunting for Emmett Cole arrives at the compound that they saw him being dropped off at in a tape that they found. Um, And when they arrive there, it's totally abandoned. All of the vehicles are uh, derelict. The building itself is in disrepair and there don't seem to be any people around. They find a freezer full of dead bodies and through some stomach-turning investigation, realize that Emmett Cole is not amongst the bodies. We learn that Kurt, his wife, and also handler, had been there for some reason. As it turns out, she was the head of security for this compound. As they explore and find weird dead things, they realize that it was some kind of medical facility that was looking for a cure to cancer, And they were presumably out here because the native people that Emmett Cole was also uh, interested in finding apparently have extraordinarily good health and they don't, possibly immortal, we don't know, but there's myths about uh, them living forever. So they find one of these native people in, like, pickled in a jar, which is horrifying. As they're meandering around, they find Rabbit, who cryptically mumbles about something horrible going on and then zombies run after them and they spend the rest of the episode running from zombies as is typical for every single zombie medium they hear that Emmett was last in the infirmary from rabbit and so they sneak their way over there through you know sleeping zombies that's a thing that doesn't often happen but They sneak their way over there, and they do find Emmett, at long last, in a strange goop cocoon (laughs) in suspended animation. And so they slice him out of there. 
They drag him back to the Magus, running from zombies all the while. The episode ends with with them back on the Magus with Emmett Cole, who is alive, but like has been suspended in some goo for a while. In episode eight, at the very beginning, they're they're sort of starting to hash out like Emmett, where have you been? Why did you do this? They're trying to like interview him and he's being sort of distant and dismissive and as he's having a little heart to heart with Lincoln someone presumably attempting to shoot Emmett uh shoots through the the window and shoots Lincoln like right in the throat and he dies very quickly and Hael proposes that she can bring him back from the dead and Emmett Cole is like no don't do that because, of course, he's seen some shit, so he knows. Um, but Tess is like, hey, actually, let's do that. So she secretly goes down into the uh, into the, the bottom of the ship with Hael, and they have this uh, seance to bring Lincoln back from the dead. And they are successful in doing that, but he comes back possessed by like the spirit of the Boyuna itself. And they spend the rest of the episode doing an exorcism uh, with all the tropes you would expect of an exorcism. They are successful in removing the spirit from Lincoln, and they think that they're, like, about to just get back onto the regular course of the Amazon and get to a village and go home from there. Uh, But then they realize that the river has actually shifted course in such a way that they can't rejoin the Amazon River and are trapped uh, traveling in loops on the Boyuna, possibly forever, question mark, because the series ends then. That's it. That's the last episode. (laughs) Very good. Very good. We are on that last stretch of episodes, and I gotta ask, Evan, you weren't here last week, so I want to hear... Uh, what about this episode, these two episodes, for you, was successful? Um, I'm going to have a hard time addressing that because I thought episode six, which is the one where it was basically just a film found of Emmett Cole, that was so far and away the best episode of the entire series. Of the most recent four, the other three have been very predictable i feel like the ghost ship episode the zombie episode and the demon possession episode i feel like they just took very standard tropes and threw an amazon rainforest snapchat filter on them Hmm. but like i'm I'm sorry i missed last week because i want to just talk about episode six the whole time and how good that was and how the show could have been really successful had they had they run with that, had they taken what they tried to do in that episode and done it with more of the rest of the series? I was talking with Evan earlier this week, and I had said if episode six had been the pilot, which it very much could have been, you could take episode yeah. six and show that as the pilot. I don't think the show would have been canceled. I would agree. Uh, had somebody found that tape, and that tape had been the impetus for them looking for Emmett Cole. But I had complained in the past that... They had failed a lot of the sort of horror contracts that they were trying to set up. Like, they didn't do the suspense very well. Um, They 
I had mentioned early on that I sort of wished that in the exposition about Emmett Cole, it had left the viewer uncertain as to whether he was really some kind of exploratory visionary, like, on the trail of real magic, or he was just, like, a rambling, insane, crazy person. Um, and that's really what episode six did. I mean, of course, it wasn't effective at that point because we already knew that there was, like, actual magic happening. But episode six, for the early portion of it, when he's just arguing with the with uh, Lena's father about whether or not they should continue, and when he keeps going on about, we've seen all this stuff, we've seen all this stuff, we as the viewer, like, had we not been with the rescue crew the entire time would have been like what stuff is he talking about what is he going on and because none of the rest of the crew seem convinced that they should keep going but i'm gonna i'm gonna steer you back onto the question though what did you like about episodes seven and eight the lead-in for episode seven was really good the abandoned compound was spooky scary uh the bodies in the freezer was spooky scary before i realized it was oh no a zombie episode uh, I was real interested to know what was going on. Um, the backstory with Kurt, the German guy, uh, was really good. We learned so much more about Kurt in the last two episodes than we had in the entire rest of the the series, and his story was actually pretty interesting. We still didn't get a real clear picture of why exactly he was there and what he was doing. Yeah, we did. I mean... I don't know that... I mean... We, we got a better picture, but I don't think it was not fully painted. They were certainly setting some things up to yeah, be, uh, they were going to try to, two. I mean, maybe, maybe because it was my second time watching it, but I picked up on way more about what his deal was. His backstory overall was pretty interesting. I thought it's totally awesome. Um, so I was, I was glad to see that that's pretty much it. The lead up was good. Uh, like as I think you've inferred by now when it descended into zombie episode, I was like, oh no every horror trope ever and i liked the the end of episode eight like the we're trapped on the river forever thing clearly wasn't set up to be the ending with a capital e had the whole thing led up to that where they're just like trapped on the river forever i think that would have been a pretty good uh horror ending so i'm pretty satisfied with that why don't you talk about some things that you liked about it andy because you liked more about it than i did i'm sure um yes uh Episode 7 is not great. It's not nearly as good as 6. Uh, 6 is amazing. But Episode 7 was good, in my opinion. It was alright. I love the the stuff with Kurt and his fiance. That was really good. You know, the whole... She's his handler, and he's calling the phone to get his handler because he needs help. And it turns out she was stationed in that medical facility to kill everyone. That's awesome. Finding Emmett in the weird cocoon was super cool. I liked the cocoon. I distinctly remember after watching episode six that the trailer for the next week was Emmett in the cocoon. And everyone was like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, so that that's cool. Episode eight I thought was really good. I really liked the demon possession thing, the boy Yuna possession. I think it plays really well. I love the whole bit about you don't know who shot. Emmett because it could have been Kurt but it turned out to be Jonas that was a nice twist that Jonas is actually just a giant dick I thought the actor playing Lincoln did a really good job as like possessed Lincoln he was appropriately spoopy 
Uh, Emmett trying to do the exorcism was really well done. I really liked all of that. The the fact that the demon, the Boyuna, knows who Kurt is and names his ancestors. It turns out he's from some sort of like Van Helsing line of monster hunters. Or See, I didn't like get that at all. So I feel magic like... protectors or mm. something. Uh, well, the Boyuna says to him, like, I know who you are. Like, I, this is your dad's name. This is your grandfather's name. Like, it's very clear that he is from some sort of secret society of people who protect uh, the Boyuna or magic in general. I think that something. was a little, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. You're probably yeah. right. But I don't think it was very clear. I think that's a little bit of a leap, to be honest. No, and again, I, I'm, I watched... This is my second time watching the show, so I'm able to pick up on things that maybe your first time through you didn't notice. Yeah. The Boyona does say, like, um, like I am guardian enough or something like that, like kind of inferring that Kurt is some sort of trying to fill some sort of a guardian role. Yeah. Uh, to some it, it's clear that, like, his society or his secret society or whatever protects yeah. the knowledge of magic or something. He was there to kill Emmett if Emmett found the source. There's some good stuff with Clark and with AJ. Turns out AJ is queer, which is awesome. Oh yeah, AJ is gay. That was mentioned in passing. Yeah, that's, that's neat. That's dope. We approve. I, that's neat. Can I ask you guys a question though? Yeah, hit us. Um, was the way that Clark kind of outed him was that cool? It definitely seemed like AJ wasn't like willing to come out, and Clark kind of forced it out of him. Well, it wasn't a public outing. Uh, yeah, like. Clark didn't then go and tell people, like, hey, sure, did you sure. know AJ has a boyfriend? That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he just asked him, like, well, I mean, he, right. he sort of, like, dickishly asked him. He's, right, But, yeah. like, Clark is kind of a dick. That's ha- yeah. that's, that's like, their his friendship. Thing. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he, it wasn't, like, an actual outing. Yeah. He just, like, sort of confronted him about it a little sure. bit. It just seemed like um, it just took a little bit of agency away from AJ, in, even if it was just within that conversation, um, that it feels like if... It could have like led more. Like, I feel like Clark was almost reaching a little bit to a thing that had happened, like it was really inconsequential, like three episodes ago. Um, uh. I sort of as- assumed that um, Clark suspected just for hanging out with AJ, and then sure. that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And sure. and it, I mean, it came from both of them being dicks to each other. Yeah. AJ was bugging Clark about. Tess and was like hey let me film you because Tess just broke your heart again ha ha sure, and then Clark sure. was like well what about the person you mentioned in the cave huh and That's so like true. definitely not appropriate yeah. to like what either of them were doing to each other and definitely not the best way to like maybe ask your buddy if they're queer as was... far as the TV show is concerned I'm happy it was like I'm happy there's a gay character on the show it's a shame mm-hmm. that you find out the last episode but yeah and yeah so like I like episode eight, and as someone who's never watched an exorcism movie, I can't be bothered. Like, I'm not affected like Evan is that this is like every exorcism movie, because I've never seen one. So, Uh, to me, it's all new and scary. I'm going to segue off of that to mention real quickly why I think uh, you two are enjoying this more than I am. And I think it's because I do watch horror stuff, and I like horror stuff. And this show was very clearly marketed to... Horror. Pe- it was marketed as a horror show, because like even their like their default promo image is that terrified looking eye, like looking out from the 
foliage, which I think is I think is a reference to a cover of Lord of the Flies. I'll have to. I seem to hmm. remember that. But anyway. Yeah, I mean this um, this show is a show created by the creators of Paranormal Activity, the movie series. So like it's definitely Yeah. And because I like spooky stuff, I've seen a lot of spooky stuff, and presumably the people they're marketing this to have seen a lot of spooky stuff. That was like their that was their choice. You know, they decided to go that route with it's not an adventure show, it's a horror show. And they didn't fulfill the horror contracts that horror fans are expecting they used horror tropes poorly and the ones that they used well they didn't use to maximum effect uh so i think that's why people like me who like horror got a little fed up with it and people like you who don't particularly care so much about horror found it more novel than I found it and were more engaged with it than I was because they they hit the wrong audience by marketing it to people like me. Yeah, I could see that. Anyway, Ronnie, what did you like? <laughs> oh, goodness. I kind of am on more board, at least with episode seven with Evan. Didn't really tickle me that much. There was, you know, it was, it was definitely interesting that there were dead bodies all kind of scattered in this refrigerator. The actually on Hulu... The opening tagline for this episode said something about cannibals, and I was like, "This could get real weird and real that scary." Would have been so much I was going to say right? that would have been a much better episode than the zombies episode. I, I do love the idea that the zombies are intelligent enough to save bodies and put them in a freezer. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's kind of horrifying. Mm-hmm. But if but it yet, had been cannibals, that would have been so much better. Mm-hmm. But yet they like are are cannibals who leave the refrigerator door open for way too long and let bugs get in. Like yeah. that's. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was prepared for cannibals and fed zombies, and it you know it's kind of that thing when you're like are looking for a glass of orange juice and you drink milk, and it's like oh 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 this is this is different, not bad, just different. Episode seven was a little bland for me. Like yeah. it was, I like I definitely like the the getting into it because it's the only episode where we can assume like there was no drop off between episode six and seven. Mm-hmm. Like it, it they picked up right where they left off. The stakes were still very high. They jumped right in. They were like super easy zombies to like avoid. So yeah. it's not like they were like, like this would have been the time where like stakes get high and someone gets grabbed by a zombie. Um, didn't happen. Not terribly a big thing. We find Emmett when it, I was pretty sure that we would never find Emmett at this point. Um, going into episode eight, um, <laughs> I found it funny that Clark says at the beginning, it's like, well, I'll cut this into something small probably an eight episode show and it's I like love yeah. that line That's at that point gag. like he, he like gets so like down on the show he's like we'll we'll try and figure something out like there's always like the audience syndicate for shows i feel like he was like the creator syndicate like he was yeah. like speaking from the writer's room directly like I, maybe we'll get to tell more of a story but i guess we'll just this is gonna be what we've got like that was a really a really fun line i loved how like the stakes ratcheted up in episode eight they, again, like the show is very good at, quickly brought the stakes back down a little bit. No one's going to die forever. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I would have loved if, like, the last episode was just a straight-up murder mystery where people, like, start just dying on the boat. And it's like, who is killing these people? Like, what is going on here? Um, Who's the regular-ass human shooter? Like, Right. Well, that's something I said. It's like the real monsters were the humans we were with the whole time. That's some real. spooky shit. Jonas is just yeah. a dick. Yeah. Like it just comes down to that. He is. But I feel like his growth 
was such in the season that like I don't buy that he would like try, try to murder shoot. Emmett. Yeah, essentially yeah. like try and Judas the Christ figure. Like he's not Judas. Like you can't build him up to be that. It wasn't earned. I don't think the whole idea that oh well Emmett left me months ago and I've been on his boat with his wife and his son and with Lena and I care about these people now and like I was willing to throw myself back on the tree to save them right but now I'm going to try to murder Emmett it doesn't fit it doesn't right. fit at all like it makes sense for the spirit of the Boyuna to be like super pissed at Jonas and want to kill him because he got of, off the tree like he, yeah, yeah because he yeah because he, he, he I guess he feels like one of his fellow spirits like let him off easy or something like that it just I didn't buy it I, it, it wasn't really earned for me so some of the things that I think that were not great or, or not even not great just things that I had like questions about like are we expected to believe that even if these are like magic dragonflies that these dragonflies just like all got together and decided to wrap Emmett in this big cocoon like I was missing like I was how wondering where happened. the cocoon came from also right. that was I, real I, I, unexplained like there was no mythology around the cocoon well he talks about the like the dragonflies and how they are like there's a scene right before they find him about how the dragonflies put people like themselves into suspended states of animation when the um when there's no food around and yeah. it's very clear like this the the visuals of it are very similar I but got it's just that. like right yeah but it's just but, like what what so the dragonflies saved him because and they were able to because they're magic like it's falling a little bit on that like you know magic anything can happen yeah i felt um, the same way yeah I, I i got um a little like i got like i said i wanted there to be a murder mystery i wanted the stakes he ratcheted up i wanted people to start dying amelia should have died in the last episode yeah he he's yeah. a likable character but you don't need him for no. season two, like, you can have Hayel fill the mechanic slash mystic role. Yeah. And him dying would have really raised those stakes mm-hmm. right. for episode eight. If um, Jonas and Emilio had died, and then Kurt's locked away, and then the exorcism happens, that's a much stronger finale, I think. Right. Um, one of the things, I'll, I'll kind of jump around a little bit here. One of the things I liked about episode seven um was the over the ca- the over the shoulder shots of Kurt finding out about um what was going on with Hannah his uh his his fiance slash wife yeah that's um, good and it's the same reason that the ending of the whole thing didn't really super work for me and I'm realizing now that this is what I was talking about in episode one and so I'm gonna like super double back here is that the camera perspective the found footage perspective completely eliminates the possibility for dramatic irony for the the watcher to know something that the characters don't um this over the shoulder kind of thing of kurt through the mirrors and stuff like that did a good job of that um and what would have been way 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 more powerful to me to evan's point is if the series just ended if they're like excited they're like oh we've got a we've got a trip we've got a way out of the boy and we're getting back to amazon great and then you just rise up and completely unbeknownst to them the Amazon is completely shifting and the river is changing and they don't know that they're going to be trapped in the Amazon forever. They're excited about getting out and it's just like, no, you'll never get out. That would have been so much more powerful than like Evan or uh, um, than Lincoln saying, it's never going to let us leave. It's like, yes, thank you. We know that. that's, that's the, like, we, we get figured it. that out, bro. Right. 
It's like Emmett last ep- or yeah, it's like no, it's like Lincoln in the, in the last series of episodes. Like, why isn't he breathing? It's like you don't need to be that audience participant for it's like we can get it we can gather that there's a couple of of times like when um clark is looking over the footage and the of um when lincoln kills jonas but the boyuna has used his magical boyuna powers to change the footage that like oh everything's normal everything's fine like you get that dramatic irony a little bit but that's that's just from a writing perspective that's what i was missing Mm -hmm. this whole scene And, and it definitely it definitely picked up the pace it worked in some areas um, but in just some of these some of these points, it could have added a lot more power. Uh, real quick, what sort of knife was Emmett y- or was Lincoln using to make a fucking sandwich? Yeah, holy <laughs> shit! I don't think it was his. I don't think he used it. I think he put the knife down. I'm pretty sure. I think that was. Oh, just did he like, use demon powers to slip his throat? I think it was like some like Wolverine like claws that he just like kind of uppercutted him across the throat. Like no, I thought it was the sandwich knife. I was assuming it was a sandwich knife too, but who knows? I guess so. Just, I guess so. I mean, he was definitely using demon strength. Um, well, sure. yeah. In any in any case, Andy, Andy, if anything, what about uh, episodes seven and eight? Just didn't cut the mustard for you. I mean, a lot of episode seven, I think, is just meh. Like episode yeah. seven is a very average episode, uh, and there's there's no point in beating a dead horse. You guys have both summed up the problems with episode seven very very succinctly, and I agree with you uh, with pretty much all of it. Episode eight, what could have been better? I think I think Jonas as the the murderer doesn't work. It goes back on the character development we've seen him have for the past three episodes, four episodes. So I, I really don't. I, I think that was bad writing. I think that was sloppy writing. Bringing Rabbit back doesn't really work either. They really just wanted to have someone die. Yep. Yeah. To have the zombies be scary. So like. Right. But they, somebody who like by all intents and purposes, already died. Like, that's the thing. These stakes were low for them because it's like they were were playing on borrowed time as it was. Yeah, so I I really don't think bringing her back was effective. I think that was also sloppy writing. I think what would have been way, way more impactful is if they had set up this relationship with Hannah, the fiancé of Kurt, and they found her alive in the... Yeah, in the place, and then killed her. I agree, hundred percent, right. absolutely, absolutely. That because... would have been more powerful because, like, at the end, we really don't care about Rabbit because she betrayed Jesus, mm-hmm. right? She betrayed Emmett, so like, fuck her. And they find her all malnourished and scared, and she mutters a little bit about zombies, and then she dies. Okay, who cares? But if they had right. given us Hannah as that victim, one, she's built up as the handler, so every time Kurt has made a mysterious phone call. Like, we as the audience have had a connection with the handler to some degree, and there's a mystery about him. If they then brought in the handler, and then also through flashbacks with Hannah, and then taken her from the audience, that would have been more powerful. And we would have seen some, like, heavy emotion from Kurt there, too, which would Mm -hmm. have been cool. Uh, I agree with you. I think the quote-unquote flashbacks, their old footage of... Uh, Hannah and Kurt were real effective. That was one of the yeah. few things that I thought was real effective about episode seven and eight. Uh, like I actually did care about Kurt, and I was looking forward to learning a little bit more about his fiance wife. Um, but we never actually saw her in the now. We got one shot of her uh, interrupting the scientists and telling 
telling them that she can't let them continue or whatever. Yeah. And then Kurt frantically looking for her like amongst the zombies and amongst the bodies and stuff like that but well we got zombie her at the very very end like right at the very end so yeah yeah, i think it would have been way cooler to have found her alive right and then bring her onto the ship and had her died then Mm -hmm. not not to make this mistake the show did and dwell on rabbit too much but she like the only purpose that she served was to give them information about zombies which is the most popular trope in horror movies, we all yeah. know what zombies do and how we, they work. We knew exactly they were curing cancer or whatever, and then it, exactly. it went wrong, and they, that's exactly what happens in every zombie thing ever. Right. <laughs> she was also, like, directed them towards the infirmary, where they mm-hmm. where she knew that um, uh, Emmett was. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, like, just, like, b- bad information. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, there's, like, a tense, like, faux tense scene between her and Tess, where she's like, we're going to drop you off the next village, and if reporters come to your door, you better just not tell them anything. It's just like, what? Like, what are we... I understand, like, you abandoned Emmett. We got Emmett back. Like, you want to say, like, just stay away from my family. That's fine, but, like, well, you know what? If the New York Times comes a-knocking, then you better send... It's just like, what, what also, are we doing here? I also feel like they're being a little hard on Rabbit. Like, yeah, I thought that too. I really like, thought that too. <laughs> uh, in her shoes, I would have done the same fucking thing. Like this yeah, crazy yeah. dude. Like, like she saw her fellow like camera operator get flayed and hung from a tree. Yeah, and she did, then she did take literally all of his survival gear. Yeah, that's, she did. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's the only she, that's the only really dick aspect of what she sure, did. Sure, sure. Which is enough when it comes to somebody that they you know. You're gonna die in the Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's like the one thing that's gonna keep you alive is some some survival equipment. I yeah. was wrong. We have spent way too much time talking about. Sorry. Rabbit. Let's, move, let's move on. No, uh, no, no. I, I started. Bitch about rabbits some more. All right. Well, we are at the end of the river, and I gotta ask, guys. You know, I gotta ask, Andy. Yeah. Did it work? I don't know. Oh. <gasps> I still enjoy this show and I enjoyed watching it a second time, but digging into it so critically has given me a, a new perspective on it. Sure. And I think if they had started with episode six, it would have gotten a season two. And I think if it had gotten a season two, it would have improved. You take any show and compare the first season with you know season three or season four nine times out of ten the show improves as it goes on even shows that i i deeply love like clone wars or avatar the last airbender or game of thrones or whatever the first season is it's typically they're they're working out kinks they're finding their footing they don't have as big a budget stuff like that and so if river had gotten a season two i think it would have improved marketably but season one i don't know personally i still dig it i still enjoyed it i'm glad we watched it again i'm glad we started ending pending with the river uh it it wasn't quite as good as i remembered it would you recommend it to people yeah i would still recommend it to people okay uh evan yes ronald did it work um i i feel like it did not unfortunately Mm. tragically and i'm very disappointed that it didn't because i loved the premise 
there were aspects of it that I saw such bright glimmers of potential in, I think, in perhaps different hands. Uh, even if had you kept the same cast, the same premise, the same media, the found footage media, even had you kept the sort of same general premise for each episode, I think it could have worked. But it it missed. It just missed too many times. It had too many opportunities. I'm real salty about cannibals right now. Yeah. That would have been sorry. so much better I'm sorry than zombies. Um, I think a large portion also of what would have made it better had they relied less on like western stuff okay because we have this fantastical like i've never seen a horror set in the amazon and Mm -hmm. the amazon by itself without horror like without supernatural stuff is really scary like people have died out there like people like get terrible diseases, people get killed by animals, people get killed by, uh, like, uncontacted tribes. They had a really uh, rich mythology that they could have worked with. There is so much South American mythology, and I think they put too much of it through the lens of white people. Uh, It bothered me a couple of times when uh, Hael was doing her sort of mysticism thing, uh, it makes a little bit of sense because definitely South America is very heavily Christian and a lot of native mythology has mixed with a sort of strange Christian mysticism. The tarot card thing, I thought, was a little hokey. Like, why yeah. tarot cards? Why is the Boyuna speaking through tarot cards? I don't know if you guys know this, but the 52-card playing deck is older than the tarot deck. And the the whole like angel thing like they they flay their shoulder blades because they think they're angels or something why would an uncontacted tribe in the amazon think that they're renaissance painting angels like that's a a, a real bizarre sort of confluence of what well, mythology we're getting into christianity again slash judaism but Ronnie and I were theorizing that there was definitely some Eden stuff going on and that perhaps Eden is somewhere in the Amazon and and these people are somehow descended from possibly pre-fallen. Which, which to your point, Evan, it puts a lot of this through like the very white Judeo-Christian perspective. Uh, Like even my, my argument against why would they see themselves as Renaissance paintings like, Maybe they saw real angels. Maybe that's what it is. The angels like came down, and they. But then it's like again. Then it's like the writers' room is looking at this through a very Judeo-Christian white perspective. Like there are arguments that can be made, but I don't think they really hold up too yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I I think we had tons of potential to use a lot of really interesting uh amazon legends and south american native religion to create this mythology of this world and they just fell back on everything that white people already know about certainly an issue certainly something so yeah i think definitely fair points i think that it overall did not work and i wish that it had ronald yes evan so so did it work for you? Was it good for you? Was it good for you, Ronnie? <laughs> it was. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I liked it. Like, I definitely don't think, based on my uh, aversion to horror um, and kind of how that first episode, first and second episode dragged for me, I don't think I would have been a committed watcher if I didn't have, you know, now or when it came out, if I didn't have someone like Andy just like kind of like, no, no, we got to keep watching. Um, so I don't know how much I would have watched it then. But watching it all as a whole, you know, there's some issues here. There's some issues there. Um, the magic kept me coming back, even though the magic was inconsistent and kind of, like you said, Evan, through through a strange perspective that didn't really seem to belong in the environment in which it was taking place. You know, once I grasped on to the found footage format and and how everything was, was a shot from somebody else, it grabbed me and I, I liked it. I, I enjoyed it. And I can say a lot of more synonyms for how I liked it. Would you recommend it? I'll leave it at that. Um, See, I guess that's the real litmus test, isn't it? Yeah. To a select set of people, I would. And you know what? Uh, The more as I marinate on, like, did it work? I'm going to say, yes, it worked. (laughs) But. Here we go. But I understand why they canceled it. Sure. Okay. That's that's, that's where I'm at. Like, if you had asked me first episode like andy why'd they cancel this show i'd be like i don't know fuck fuck nbc or whoever this was like this show was gold it's been abc for eight episodes you you have not gotten it right yet whatever but keep keep trying but um watching it now this time and like doing the podcast i'm gonna say i like the show i enjoy the show but i can i can see why why it was canceled oh well that's a great segue into our next segment uh, because the reason it was canceled was because the three of us were not in the writing room pitching, <laughs> yeah. pitching season these two. I have so of many opinions. Sure. So give me your uh, just our elevator pitch for what could be season two of the river. Okay. So this fixes the problem we had with the drone. So break the drone. We the <laughs> drone. Yes. We see as Lincoln is expelled of the demon, and the Boyuna swims away in the Amazon. There's a big bubble in the river. Mm-hmm. Cut to them being excited. The crew is leaving. The crew is coming home. Everything's going great. We see the bubble form in the river again, and we see the bubble leap out of the water, and then we go into the point of view of the bubble, and the Boyuna, the Boyuna spirit, is what, what is the eyes through which we see the Boyuna change and shift and manipulate and season two is all through the eyes of the different spirits that inhabit the boyuna attacking and taking on the crew of the magnus now this is a crazy thing but we already are in a very found very unique format uh with season one i say we just throw it all out and do another very unique take and do everything from the monster's point of view hasn't hasn't uh been done on tv very often it was you know we see from the killer or the murderer's perspective in movies like american psycho one hour photo devil's rejects um and i think maybe it's just crazy enough to work on season two of the river have you seen any of those movies i have not no. yeah i didn't think so <laughs> <laughs> but i googled but i did google there movies go. from the horror from the murderer's perspective so my my elevator pitch season two just like Things that I would have liked to have seen. Uh, first off, cannibals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still on cannibals. I that feel like that's great. very recent for you. 
another thing that I would have liked to have seen in season two is the Boyuna is evil slash neutral very much, uh, I, I feel like, as a character. And so possibly I would have really liked to have seen them maybe get obsessed with, like, we have to find a good, you know, this legendary good spirit that'll help us, that'll help us escape the Boyuna. So maybe a quest to find this very benevolent spirit rather than always focusing on like the evil spoopy spirits. It's a horror show though. Well, I I know, but like their quest is to find and then win the favor of a good spirit to help them escape the boy, you know, kill, kill Emilio. Emilio's got to go. I love him, but uh, he he at this point is disposable. And then it, cause you got to replenish the cast a little bit to then have disposable characters they can't be the first people that have pissed off the boy unit and been trapped there. So maybe find uh, an exploratory crew or some, some white missionaries and then, you know, interact with them. Uh, maybe people who have also learned a thing or two from having been trapped there for so long. And then you have more cannon fodder to work through. Definitely yeah. explore more of Kurt's backstory, find AJ a love interest and have them both escape and, and, and get some cats and sure. uh yeah that would have been my season two pitch i want a descent into madness mm. some cthulhu-esque um no i actually want it to be less about the monsters and less about the supernatural and more about um sort of every single character hitting their lowest point and like some of them turning on each other, some of them abandoning each other. Uh, I would like to see some more sort of personal video diary style. Of course, we got the very best of that when Emmett Cole was filming himself in season six. I want that from every cast member. I want some people to die. Um, And I want some magic stuff, but less magic stuff more more human stuff more people dealing with the situation that they've been faced with uh and more more darkness out of like these people on a personal level because they're in this terrible terrible place trapped forever question mark so i guess we're done talking about the river oh man it's like our first child that's just like gone off Going off to be in the real world. Wow, what a disappointment. And, and as much as I'm excited for <laughs> season two of Ending Pending to dive into the the train wreck that is the Dresden Files. I'm hyped. I do think it would be kind of ironic if we only lasted one season. Sure. Sure. I mean, I, I definitely don't think that we could consider four episodes of our podcast a season. Um but well, maybe we do. Yeah. Maybe this is maybe this is season the conclusion one. of season one, and we can when we're on, like you know, Sherlock, in a year. Sherlock only had three episodes per season, yeah. so there we go. Hey, so season two of Ending Pending, we're going to be tackling the Dresden Files, which I'm very we excited are. about because Can't wait. it's it's horrendous and it's it's going to hurt. I think I'm going to really like it. I don't know. I have no idea about it, but it's got wizards, and wizards are just like... I'm, the books are so good. Uh, but <laughs> just just FYI, I watched about the first... Two minutes? No, it was like the first five minutes of the first episode, and oh boy, we're in for something. <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to our listeners, uh, you can get 
Dresden Files on Amazon. I think it's like, if you go for standard definition, it's like 20 bucks. And I don't, you guys can tell me yes or no, it's but I don't think it. this is worth HD. No. No. Um, God, no. No, it's not, I, it's not worth the $20 regular D. I found it on Amazon physical media for $10. Yeah. That's so where I got you got to go. three disc version. Yeah. But now I'm in this weird position where like, I spent money and now own a physical copy of the Dresden Files <laughs> season one. So it's almost like my, I'm not a very uh, spendy person. I'm pretty, pretty spendthrift. Now I feel like I have more incentive to enjoy it because I own it. And it's going to be on my bookshelf. You're forever. committed now. I kind of am. The show is so bad, though. I don't... I, I'm not going to recommend watching it. Just deal with us and, and our pain as we go through it. You don't have to do that to yourselves, audience. Or get the used DVD on Amazon for $6, which you can do. Yeah. If you're willing to wait a long time for it to arrive. Otherwise, just just listen to my pain and torture and go read the books. Starting next week, it'll be our Halloween episode. It'll be our uh, first episode of The Dresden Files. It'll be released on October 31st. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I dig that. That worked out. Yeah. Um, uh, Andy, you know what we got? What did we get? This is actually Andy and Evan. You just Evan wasn't here Thanks. last week for, for, our, uh, for our, our, our segment on this. We got a new review, a new review on our iTunes page. Oh boy! Yippee. This one was this one was set in by uh, Eric and Bob, uh, that said that we were excellent hosts with good choice of subject matter, that we have great chemistry together, and we all have different tastes. It's a matter of determining whose opinion you identify with the most, because we are dissecting these shows in depth, which is like that's a. a a factor about the show I didn't think of that yeah. like people are going to be like team Ronnie and team Evan and team Andy and and two of those people are going to be wrong <laughs> <laughs> there's only one team yeah we are now all competing against each other oh yeah, yeah for for the hottest takes oh boy um so uh so Andy you uh you want to Eric and Bob you are a scholar and a saint, and a fine individual, my friend. And I do believe that you have exquisite taste, not only in podcasts, but in podcast hosts. And I'm sure you'll make the right choice as to who's your favorite. And in, in the event that Eric and Bob are, in fact, two different people... Um, oh, I didn't even consider that. Uh, that applies to both of you. Yes. yes. Ditto. Eric and Eric, Bob. Eric and Bob, or Eric and Bob, Welcome to the Ending Pending Family. And so, of course, uh, Eric and Bob, since you have now left us a review with Sir Nee, the Knight Defender of Ending Pending, oh. and M. Murd, uh, send an email to pendingpod at gmail.com. Send us an email uh, with your email so we can either send you a digital copy of the Christmas card or if you trust us enough with your uh, For Reals address, hit us with that and we'll send you a For Reals Christmas card. I mean, we're a part of your family. Yeah. So the only reason not to trust us. Not only, that's the thing. Not only are you a part of the Ending Pending family, we are now like informal members of all of your families. Yeah. So, I'm like, so stoked for Thanksgiving. It's going to be great. Like we're going to have so many meals. Yeah. Hopefully more than six people review Ending Pending. But uh, no, not right, if we right keep inviting three, ourselves so. to their Thanksgivings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As always, you can leave a review on iTunes. Uh, I left a thing on our Facebook page kind of directing people on how they can do that. You can follow us on Facebook at Ending Pending 
on Twitter at PendingPod and send us an email at PendingPod at gmail.com. So, guys, are you ready to jump into a new show? I'm really excited. Yup. It's going to be awful. Firefly is going to be so great. Ronald, we're never doing Firefly. Oh.